0: on The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Canane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show, and remember stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kind of Dating, the comedy dating podcast, where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out. Why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic, porn, happy endings, camming. Do you have a sex addiction? Let's find out. Thanks so much for listening, guys, to Kinda Dating. I'm Natasha Chandel. Follow us on socials at Kinda Dating. And hey, drop us a review. If you could on iTunes, it really helps us out. And I read him out and he has a show so you can get a good shout out. Um, This is the culmination. Part three of our series with Dr. Eris Humor. It is on uh, what we talked about. Porn, happy endings, camming. Is it a sex addiction? It's a tough one. It can be a deep one. Um... But let's, you know, I feel like we have a really good guest to help us navigate through this world. Again, to remind you, Dr. Ayres Humor. Is an internationally sought-out relationship counselor. She's an author and speaker who has broken down the psychology on sex, love, breakups, divorce, and other human behaviors on shows like HLN's Dr. Drew On Call, Nancy Grace, Extra, Kiss FM with Ryan Seacrest. She's also the star of Bravo TV's LA Shrinks and author of Breakup Emergency, a guide to transform your breakup into a breakthrough. She is also the CEO and founder of Divorce Doctor and Second Chances International. Okay. Hi, Harris. How are you? Good. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on.
2: Okay. Part three. Part
1: three. Whew. This one...
2: Is an intense one. Is
1: intense and the one that, like, hurts me the most because mm. of my own personal experiences with people like this. Yeah. Um, but what I discovered about... Uh, so, you know, we, we talked a lot about addiction. Um and I didn't just want to talk about just like sex addiction as a th- as just a thing. I do want to talk about like things like porn consumption and and um you know what what kinds of things it's leading to in especially this like modern technologically driven world mm-hmm. where 10-year-olds have access to everything that mm-hmm. a grown adult who has, you know, formed thoughts on intimacy already have. Mm-hmm. So
2: let's start with. And in the age of the Internet. Yeah. There's so much like vagueness of what's OK, mm-hmm. what's not OK. It's a new kind of new territory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of secrets because it can be on anything. Mm-hmm. And your cell phone. Kids. Computer, yeah. And like iPad.
1: kids are just getting exposed at it, Younger and younger and younger age, and I I want to talk about like let's just start with like porn consumption. Mm -hmm. How how much in your experience is there a norm? Is like what's normal? I never
2: use the word normal in anything because I think that everybody gets to say what works for for them and what's okay with them and Mm -hmm. what's normal for them because we're all different, you know. Totally, yeah. What I. think is normal is completely different than what you do. Right. But when something becomes obsessive and compulsive and there's lying about it and there's secrets Mm -hmm. about it, then I see it as a problem. Or if it's something that affects people that you love, then it's a problem. And
1: what's the compulsive part? Can you explain that? Because I don't think a lot of people realize that they're what they might be doing is compulsive.
2: So let's just say that I am addicted to getting on the internet internet porn, Mm -hmm. camming, you know, getting Mm -hmm. phone sex, anything like that. Mm -hmm. If I am doing it multiple times a day, if I'm compulsively doing it, if I have to do it every day, I can't stop myself. My thoughts are all around that. And Mm -hmm. when I can do it, how I can make it happen again, that becomes compulsive Mm -hmm. when it's something that feels bigger than you rather than something that I occasionally do it or that's something that we can enjoy together because it can better us if I'm doing it all the time, Mm -hmm. then it's most probably an issue. I actually
1: had a a co-worker, an old co-worker of mine who um, was telling me that he does not look at porn and uh, because he had seen the effects of what it did to a lot of his friends, Mm -hmm. which is the... You know, for people out there who are listening who don't understand sometimes what an overconsumption of things like porn can do is like the dopamine hit and becoming really what the addiction is, is you're addicted to the dopamine hit. And then you become your threshold for that increases continuously to a point that. The same normal things that would would appeal to you now suddenly don't tantalize you at all.
2: Right. So you might with the Internet porn, like it might be very exciting and then you just keep engaging in more and more risky or more and more exciting sort of experiences, being interested in that. And then the real human relationships Mm -hmm. might not interest you Mm -hmm. at all. And you might then become. Overly like attached to the internet or what's mm-hmm. not real, and then what is real is just non. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even go there. Like you can't become connected to that, and, and that's when it gets really scary.
1: And you know, I've talked to uh, an, an old therapist of mine was telling me that he had um, young guys who were coming to him uh, right out of college who literally were now suffering from erectile dysfunction because they couldn't be aroused anymore mm-hmm. because they had had they had watched so much porn mm-hmm. that by the time they were like
2: 21, it was done. Well, it's especially an issue when people before, you know, pre-adolescent years started mm-hmm. engaging in that sort of behavior. Then, you know, that's now that's where like they're stunted. That's almost yeah. mm-hmm.
1: surely that they yeah, are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. The reason I, again, I was just like, wow, I didn't realize this was becoming so much of a problem. Not just because of the erectile dysfunction. Then some of of the people, like you said, the same things don't arouse you anymore. So they started um, looking at things like um, gay porn and trans porn Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. we're going up to him and going, am I gay? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know. Are you gay? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, then you're not. But you're engaging in this because normal things now don't you mm-hmm. know, and i don't mean normal mm-hmm. the traditional exactly. heterosexual relationship that you seem to be into doesn't arouse you anymore mm-hmm. because you have surpassed that dopamine mm-hmm. threshold in your brain right. and so it's
2: and then it can also go much further than the web because then maybe on the web it's not interesting me anymore and that i might exactly. be engaging in really risky yeah. behavior in person i could get arrested yeah. it's a lot of money i'm spending you know like Completely. it is the dark shadow mm-hmm. of the web mm-hmm. you know you can go very deep into getting into some really big trouble yeah. interpersonally with yourself financially yeah and that's when it's an issue
1: mm-hmm. and that's where um you know i uh Nowadays, like there's there's so many things starting now where we had um, a couple other guests on. They were from another podcast called TNA Talk Sex. And uh, I went on their podcast and they were we talked about a blowjobs cafe, Mm -hmm. which are becoming a thing now Mm -hmm. where they're having um, in parts of Europe and Asia. They're trying to start where they have like robots, Mm -hmm. basically, who and you go at, at and, you know, normally would go to like a happy endings massage kind of thing. Well, now you don't even you remove the people out of it and it's just robots and they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it, that kind of stuff, for some reason, just like it makes me sad mm-hmm. and it made me more sad. And the, another reason I really wanted to talk about this is I just came from Thailand mm-hmm. and I was trying to explain to my friends that it's like think of any one block radius in your home or in your city. And now imagine at least... Three to five massage parlors on that block, mm-hmm. back to back. Yeah, imagine five girls, five to eight girls in each of those massage parlors. All of them provide additional services mm-hmm. at a charge. Mm-hmm. Take that, then add the actual, literally full streets of adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. Then add just girls on girls on girls. And several, like, trans people who are just back-to-back on the street available for your beck and call. Mm -hmm. And I saw when I was there, it was weird. It was crazy to me. I saw older men, and then I saw young guys. And the young guy part was what was kind of weird to me, you know— because I was just like, you're in your prime. Why do you feel like you have to pay for this? Well, it's not that they
2: have to. Yes. Right. But,
1: and but why do you even well, want to? Because it's exciting.
2: It's, yeah. it's somebody else. It's something yeah. different. I, I can hide it. But it's it. also I can
1: prostitution. Ke- yeah. mm-hmm. It's prostitution. Mm-hmm. And that's what was making me so sad mm-hmm. on Twofold was like, Where are all these girls coming from and why do they all feel like they need to do this? And the fact that they're just so numb to it and that people think that they're not
2: doing anything. But that's that's... not only in Thailand, right? That's all over the world. And that's the big thing with even with camming Mm -hmm. and being able to, you know, people are raking in the money. Mm hmm. For online prostitution, yes. right? Or whatever, yeah. you know, online selling mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and you don't even have to be there to physically arouse somebody. Yeah. People are actually getting aroused this mm-hmm. way. But prostitution prostitution has always existed. Yeah you, know, yeah. you know, since the beginning of time. It's just more available to us. Yeah. And then when you go to places like Thailand, you know, you see you see it on every yeah multiple times on a street corner yeah. so yeah but but you know again
1: I still feel like and again maybe I'm just super naive again call me out I might be just I don't know to me when I thought of prostitution and maybe the people who partook in some of that I kind of just in my head and this is me being completely stereotypical saw like seedy old guys and kind of like cool like you know they couldn't get it off or whatever and so they were go but The fact that it's so common and normal, and like I talked to a bunch of guys, and they and like happy endings massages, and they were just kind of like, oh yeah, I mean a lot of guys do that. I'm like, what? Yeah. What I think that married kids relationships. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. why is, why do people think that that's not cheating and that that's normal or whatever?
2: Yeah, it's definitely very. Relevant in today's time And especially with the online Because people haven't identified themselves Like what's okay and what's Mm -hmm. not okay And once you're in a relationship Yeah you know, so it is out there. Everybody's doing it. It's not seedy old guys. Yeah. It's the guy that's you're, you're going out on a date with and you have no idea. You know, yeah. I, mean, I can't tell you how many couples I work with. Oh, yeah. But that whenever you have like the secretiveness around the computer, mm-hmm. that's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. When there's lockdown, there's I don't want you to, you know, see my text. I don't want you to see my emails. I don't want you to have access to my computer. Then you can probably say that there might be something going on Mm -hmm. there my work because I specialize in relationships you see this so often with pornography and cheating and affairs and what does that look like and what's okay in my relationship and what's not in my relationship but it is the CEO of this fortune 500 company it's this really good-looking 30-year-old who's wearing a baseball cap it's you know Mm -hmm. your 25-year-old like best friend's brother who you know you thought you know was just a total nerd and never had sex I mean there's a lot of secretiveness around here you know it's really existent and i think that probably discussing what is okay and what is not okay in a committed relationship is something that's probably a really important topic for you to yes. bring up early on yeah. when it comes to sex mm-hmm. because there's a lot of gray area,
1: oh, I had to learn that too, mm-hmm. of being like, because what is you know, again, a- after doing research on this a lot, I realized there are some people out there who feel like, you know, their their guy getting a a hand job by somebody in a happy ending massage isn't considered cheating because mm-hmm. it's not sex. Mm-hmm. and but to me, I'm like,
2: nope. Well, no, but I mean, for some people it is like, you know, I work with a couple. I work with a couple who they're not very sexually active with each other and they're actually both okay with that. Mm -hmm. And he has some fantasies that he's very honest about with his wife Mm -hmm. and she doesn't want to engage in certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, So she allows him to go off to the massage parlors and get happy endings. And, you know, so but they have an agreement Mm with each other. Mm -hmm. so
0: that's very it's
2: sex positive are you familiar with sex positive so people who make agreements early on you know like with porn it might be something that helps your relationship for some people Mm -hmm. right so for some people they're like oh we can try this every once in a while maybe we can learn some things yeah you know like maybe i can there's like Online, you can get sexting classes yeah, yeah, yeah. on how I can be more sexy mm-hmm. in my texting or sex talk, or that might turn my partner on. Yeah. You know, if you have healthy conversations around sex and you bring any porn or or these types of things into your relationship then it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Yeah. It's when there is compulsive behavior when there's lying when there's manipulation yeah. when there's multiple affairs, when there's secrets mm-hmm. and it affects the other person in the relationship then there's an issue. Yeah. Also there are a lot of people who are addicted, mm-hmm. self-proclaimed addicts to just plain internet porn, not only just sex addiction, but internet porn, where they feel like they can't stop, Mm -hmm. and it has taken over their lives, and they spend thousands of dollars a month on phone sex, and they have ever since they were 18 years old, and their behaviors keep getting more and more risky, and then they get into prostitution, and they get into all sorts of risky behaviors that can get them into trouble. And And ultimately, it's going to maybe happen, because... It doesn't stop. It's like yep. like we talked about in the other episode that addiction is a progressive disease. Yeah. It keeps getting worse. It's like eventually you probably might get caught. Uh, yeah. <laughs> caught, know, a so, disease,
1: you know, right. whatever it is. Like I mean, I know with that ex that I was talking about, I remember one day coming home and like finding a weird address. And I was like, what is this weird address? And so I just Googled the address and it was a sex motel. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, didn't even know those existed. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. This is like New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you. I mean, I feel like whatever's open is just kind of open. But this was just some like weird, un, I was just like, just blown away. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm a little naive in some yeah. of these things where I'm just unsure of. But then I realized also, and this is a, a big part of what I want to talk about, is this usually stems from an underlying Issue Like, usually, from what I've done a lot of research, even the, the porn addiction or the internet addiction, um, it stems from a masturbation addiction, mm-hmm. which ends up stemming
2: from an underlying anxiety issue. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these people use that to mm-hmm. cope. To soothe, to, to stop the stress yeah. from happening. It doesn't always mean that there is trauma, but there a lot of times is trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, it's a relief. You know, it's yeah. like some people are like, oh, I just want to go home and have a glass of wine. Or yes. Some people are like, I just need to masturbate or I just need to do some camming or yeah. I just need to do a phone sex call. Right. When you're coping mm-hmm. with stress in this sort of way, then it's probably right. a problem. Yeah. Which is
1: why if, you know, somebody is out there listening, either in a relationship with somebody who might be exhibiting some behaviors or you might be. Uh, you know, feeling uh, that you could fall in in these categories is to to really analyze what's happening underneath all of it, to tackle the real deep-seated issue of why you're seeking out an immediate kind of
2: uh, release or an immediate fix. Right. I mean, you know, I've seen people from not being able to identify what the sex, you know, what the trauma was as a child, other than my dad watched porn. I found it. My Mm -hmm. father hid it under his bed back when it was in DVDs, you know, and then now as an adult, I'm doing what my dad did and it's getting in the way of my Mm -hmm. marriage or Mm -hmm. my relationship to I was molested or raped Mm -hmm. as a child, young boy, young girl, and now I'm acting out Mm -hmm. in these sort of behaviors. Mm -hmm. So it it can definitely range. Mm -hmm. So And so it's important to like really tackle what's happening underneath. Yeah. Um, Now, for people who are in a relationship with somebody who they feel is being secretive, Mm -hmm. then I personally feel like this is one of the toughest addictions. I think, yeah. You know, for, you know, when I see people and couples in a relationship having to heal from multiple affairs or stop this kind of behavior, because for the other person, many times you find that they don't think all of it's all that bad, even though Mm -hmm. it's gotten in the way of multiple areas in their lives and their relationship is being affected by Mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's it's definitely a tough one because you have to get through trusting again. Yeah. Now, it can happen. I've, yeah. I mean, I've helped save couples' lives really? who have had like yeah. tens, you know, multiple, wow. multiple, multiple affairs, physical affairs, yeah. like in really bad relationships. And, you know, the sex addict has admitted that they have a problem and they want to work through it. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of work to get through it and it can be done. But for the person, it's not just like only an addiction. It's it's another person that's probably involved that you've been betrayed with multiple times. And let me
1: ask you, I think the hard question, because you did say it's a progressive disease. And I do I do believe of anything that I have dealt with and I've dealt with a lot of crazy in my life is um, and I don't want to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mean mm-hmm. anybody's crazy, but yeah. having to deal with a lot of stressful situations um, where you feel
2: crazy. Yeah. Because the I person who's for, in the relationship, yes. you think you're crazy. I literally did. Yeah. yeah you you, feel, like did. Feel, you like, feel like you're losing your shit. They're making you feel like you're crazy for even accusing them of engaging in something that's not OK and or f- second guessing yourself. And
1: and dealing with the sex addict is the hardest because the trust is broken yeah. on a different on a different level, level. it's not just like and it's you feel like just, you're not enough yes you feel and then you're not you're, you're not pretty enough sure. you're not good
2: enough you'll never be able to have great sex you're not enough exactly. for them and then
1: and because you said it's progressive this is where i get kind of caught because like in the past when i have tried to work on it with people like with somebody you know it was like okay So, maybe this person had some kind of like a fantasy and was like, Well, I don't, I didn't get to tell you. And I was like, Okay, cool. Tell me. Like, I'm pretty, you know, I mean, there's certain things I don't do, but I'm like, I'm open. Let's talk about it. Okay, cool. Then, honestly, in my head, I'm like, Yeah, but you have an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. Once this fix, once you're like done on this level, Then you're going to probably push me into something more. Mm-hmm. And then it's something more. Mm-hmm. And then it's something more. And then I just like don't, I didn't want to like get caught in something. Well, that no, can, if this
2: person's not working on themselves yeah. and they don't realize that they have an issue, then no, you're yeah. just on this road for. Right. Yeah. A lot I of just like. Yeah. For and, and me, easiness. it was like
1: a very, very, very distressing, heavy, dark situation to live with. Mm-hmm. So I had to be like. Mm-hmm can't yeah. anymore. Yeah.
2: Um I have a you know, we work a lot with women in this situation yeah. who are spouses of yeah, sex yeah, addicts yeah. and there's like a women's group. Yeah. And one of the women would have her husband do lie detector tests, you know, every six months to see if he's still acting out. But the point is, is that she's going through this process of like not feeling safe, not trusting Mm -hmm. that he's not going to relapse because he has so many times because usually what happens if it is an addictive behavior, there's been a lot of lying to get to the Mm -hmm. place to where they're like, okay, I want to work on this. I want to, you know, fix this but they've got to show you if they are willing to fix it or if you're an addict and you are willing to fix it, you have to show the willingness that you're ready to work on yourself Mm -hmm. and repair your situation and do anything in your power to make it work. And also you gotta kind of, you know, allow a lot of transparency, complete yes. transparency. That's the complete hundred percent that- no matter what, to not be defensive around any questions or any needed access. You know to anything and then the person also like in your position that you wouldn't want to be completely like always not trusting and feeling like you're a crazy person checking all the time yeah but until you feel safe you're gonna have to do do. that yeah yeah Yeah. Um, we're
1: gonna talk a little bit more about the partner of sex addicts and how you can stop this behavior and can you even have a future um, after this message Hey, hey, we're back. You're listening to Kinda Dating. I'm Natasha Chandell. I'm here with Dr. Eris Humor, wrapping our three-part series on uh, sex addiction. Um, Are you maybe a sex addict? Are you dating a sex addict? Uh, It's a tough one, and there's a lot of stigma around it. I know I kept it a big secret for a long time, the things that I was going through, because I felt so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. To read the texts that one yeah. of my
2: exes was sending. Yeah. You now, know, here's the thing. And- I, I, I actually have an opinion about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in a relationship with a sex addict mm-hmm. and you guys decide that you're both going to work on the mm-hmm. relationship, I don't think that you need to share with yeah. other people that yeah. they're a sex addict or I don't think yeah, if you're I a agree. sex addict that you really need to share because there's a lot of judgment around so it, much. Yeah, you know, but there needs to be a commitment yeah. to healing and working on it yeah. for sure.
1: Um, and like, you know, I it as being somebody who was a partner of, I know the like frustration and the helplessness and the anger you feel, and I felt bad for even feeling those things because maybe on top of it, I'm codependent and an empath so it's just like I remember I had to like research stuff and be like, is this normal that I feel like this? Because I'm not an angry person normally in life. Like it, t- it would take a lot for me to blow up. And I was just like blowing up all the time. I was just feeling so frustrated because I felt like this well, person that, wasn't I mean, listening
2: to but me. But that's, that's your thing, yeah. right? You. I I encourage you and people listening to really put yourselves first in, when you're in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. If you're feeling insecure, if you're with a person that has any sort of addictive behaviors, if your intuition is telling you something's not right, yeah. it's probably not oh, right. Yes. I have you know, that and for sure. and so you're googling. You're the the codependency aspect of this yeah. is that you're second guessing yeah, yourself. Completely. You know that you're you know you're questioning mm-hmm. yourself when. Clearly, the situation is toxic. Yeah. Because if you you weren't in the situation, you wouldn't be Googling, is this normal? You know, because an addict kind of makes you feel like you're the problem. do.
1: And it was like, well, you're being controlling and Mm -hmm. you're this. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I don't
2: know. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of situations. I once had. A, a couple they were young in their 20s coming to my office and the issue was that he wasn't allowing her to have access mm-hmm. to his computer and oh, she right, didn't even isn't... like and she wasn't even thinking like oh I mean of course I know because i see yeah, it all the time yeah, yeah. and and it's just what like people who like put a password on their computer and like just they're very, very protective, protective of yeah. i mean I have a password on my computer yeah. you know but it's if my husband needed to get in it, yeah. like I have nothing to hide, totally. yeah. you know, or on his computer, same thing. Like there's nothing yeah. like there's yeah. nothing to hide. So but for for the guy, he was very like sensitive mm-hmm. around. It. He mm-hmm. would blame it on work, that he has a lot of confidential information at work. And it was very fishy, mm-hmm. you know, and at some point when it was brought up, like even a little bit, he stormed out of the office and quit wow. and then made her feel guilty that she had done something wrong, oh, you know, wow. and then right, she was right. feeling so bad. So I mean, this is like a very common, yeah. common thing that yeah. happens. You know, when you're with somebody who's an addict, they will make you feel like shit, mm-hmm. and you know you do this to you addicts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and. Unfortunately, like it's the world we live in. Yeah. You know, you got to be careful and take care of yourself mm-hmm. and make sure you feel comfortable and safe. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much the like the common yeah. theme of this. Like, yeah, if that's you're I was in a it's good sort of like yeah. a three
1: part of the same sort of thing. Right. right? It's like, like addiction. If you addiction.
2: feel comfortable in a relationship Mm -hmm. it's a good thing if you're feeling uneasy if you feel like something's not right it's probably not right yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know and if you're the person who has unresolved red flags or unresolved addiction issues unresolved shadow side Mm -hmm. take a look at it work on it Mm -hmm. because there is light at the end of the tunnel you can work through it yeah
1: And how can people like, you know, people who are exposing themselves to some of these um, these easy access kinds of things? Like, again, I don't think porn is all bad, you know, so everything in moderation. So what is the moderation? Just like try to stop
2: yourself before it becomes compulsive, if you're feeling any sort of compulsion, if you're yeah. feeling like your mind is constantly preoccupied of when you're going to be doing mm-hmm. it next and rearranging your day mm-hmm. around that or that's your only stress relief, then yeah. you know that it's an issue. I mean, moderation is like if it's something that you're interested in, this is something I do every once in a mm-hmm. while. But, you know, yeah. I mean, you if, if you feel that it's a problem, then you probably should not be engaging in it you know and there's help out there there's another 12-step program you know there's patrick Carnes is a great author facing the shadow it's a great resource workbooks you can face your issues as to why you're engaging Mm -hmm. in these kind of behaviors there's a lot of other resources out there you're not alone yeah you know
1: and 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 even though it's a hard road you can get help absolutely yeah absolutely um How can people uh, take care of themselves if they are
2: dating an addict? Again, this specific type of like a sex addict, maybe. I would definitely get into some sort of group Mm -hmm. so that you can talk to people who are going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Another thing, you can do that with um, a counseling group. You can do that through a 12-step group for Mm -hmm. free. And you can also do that with a counselor. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I would really talk too much in the beginning with your friends as much because there's more judgment around it. But building your self-esteem so that you can really take a look at yourself as to why you're allowing this kind of relationship in your life and what you need to do to build your self-esteem to get strong Mm -hmm. so that you can... Get out if you need to get out, if it, if it's at that level, mm-hmm. you know, but definitely just to take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, you have experience dating sex addicts. I mean, would yeah. you have wanted to stay if they would have gotten help? Um One just refused to see he
1: had a problem Mm -hmm. and he even told me he went to see a therapist and Mm -hmm. the therapist told him he was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a complete fucking lie. Mm -hmm. Like you did not go see anybody. Well, no, he might have.
2: And what he might have said is it's not an issue for me. And he probably lied about what was going on and he just needed that validation. Mm
1: -hmm. And the other person did try, but uh, couldn't stick it out. Mm -hmm. And so
2: it's like, well... If you can't help yourself, I can't help anybody. Right. Right. Um, And then there's other people that are very committed mm -hmm. to the process. So mm -hmm. if they're A and B, like you just said, then what? I mean. Yeah. And then there are people who realize that it's an issue and stop engaging completely in that behavior. And it's like completely stop in any sort of behavior because with sex addiction, it's like you start. Yes. here. Okay, no, yeah. I'm just going to watch porn once. Exactly. And then it ends up being an escort and then and, and, or and then it's was the camming problem. and then an escort and then, yes. you know, you get arrested. I mean, it yes. just keeps getting worse and this is big stuff. It's
1: like that It's like that Anthony Weiner kind of like classic Thank story you. we hear right. out loud and we, we look at it and mm-hmm. everybody judges. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like oh my God, what a fucking right. whatever. Ha ha ha. Why would that happen? I got so upset when that story came out for his wife. I yeah. was like, you know, Again, as somebody having gone through something like this, and that wasn't even a, my husband in a public forum, I was so embarrassed by it and so dragged down. To like have the entire world see it and make fun of it and whatever. I just felt so horrible for her. And I feel like on that level, we should all have a little compassion for
2: everybody going through these things. Cause well, that it's would be so... like in, in any addiction, right? But yeah. she did know what she was in. Completely. Right. And he wasn't really facing yeah. himself. Like if you're with an addict, no matter what, you have to make sure that they are really working on themselves somehow, actively, not just for a month or two or three or a year, six months, a year, like always working on themselves, always being very humble about like, yeah, you know, I used to drink or I used to engage in that kind of behavior, sex- sexually addictive behavior, yeah. and I just don't do it anymore. Like, that's a humble person who's worked on themselves. And that's
1: the key word you said, the word humble, because I remember with my ex when I told him about this and I tried to explain, I said, look, I've battled depression since I was young. I know it's something that I, it, it could be my go to state at any time unless I take care of it mm-hmm. every single day yeah, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I talk about it openly because Mm -hmm. I don't want to have a stigma I have a support system when I go through things I literally call them up I'm like okay I'm feeling this way and then they're like okay well remember this remember this I'm like all right yes you're right okay Mm -hmm. you know I have my work through through all of that because of having done all this work for it but when I told him that he was like no it is not a lifelong thing and for some reason like he just couldn't find the humility in that and I just kept trying to tell him I'm like it's okay What I'm just trying to tell you is you can't just be like one month, two months of not engaging in this behavior and then you're going to be just fine. You have to get this might be like a lifelong thing and every day you have to work
2: at it. But a lifelong thing of just growing and and evolving and looking at why I did these kind of Mm -hmm. things and I want to continuously evolve as a human being. That's the lifelong journey. Am I going to be, you know taken over by this addiction and this sort of traumatic kind of way of looking at the world yeah. forever yeah. in this, through these dark yeah. glasses? Yeah. No, not if you're working yeah. on yourself, then you're going to feel yeah. lighter. You're going to feel better. You're going to get tools yeah. to get through this. Do you, Will you go back and engage in it every once in a while? Probably not. I mean, maybe you might not want to. I mean, everybody's different, right? So, And I think the last thing I want to talk
1: about is the intimacy that they would get back by
2: really getting the help. Well, these people, I mean, sex addicts. Have a fear of intimacy. Yes. Like they can't be. But even intimate. just guys, even if we're not going so
1: far as the sex addict, mm-hmm. you know, but the people who are maybe borderline are mm-hmm. almost there and they're engaging in this behavior to like get them to understand what real intimacy and in contact with somebody you love and like the deep feeling of what real love and real sex and real, you know, uh, closeness feels like mm-hmm. is something that you get back if you work. On these things. Absolutely. Because they just don't know what it's like to even like.
2: Experience Yeah.
1: Because you just have this fantasy constantly in your brain and nothing is ever living up to that fantasy. Right.
2: Well, everything's outside of yourself in yeah. an illusion, yeah. in a fantasy versus like something very mm-hmm. in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> very real. Yeah. You know, another person just like you. Mm-hmm. And there's. No, I mean, to me, like love is what makes life worth living. You know, Absolutely. having that experience to have true love in your mm-hmm. life, to mm-hmm. have a partner, to have connection, yeah. connectedness mm-hmm. is there's nothing like it. That's yeah. the best thing that exists. Mm-hmm. But you have to allow yourself to experience that and make yourself open enough. Yeah. But you're not going to get that through unmeaningful sex. Yeah. You'll yes. get a high. Yes, but you won't get
1: fulfillment. Exactly. Yeah. Guy, um, thank you so much for listening to this uh, three-part episode. Eris, thank you. Like, I can't tell you enough because these, th- these topics mean a lot to me, having had a lot of experience, not just with people I've dated. Uh, you know, I have two al- alcoholics in my family. Like, you know, so... I've dealt with a lot of this in my life, and I, I always just feel like there's hope, and I want people to be able to still see that.
2: There's so, so much hope out yeah. there. There's so much help out there. Yeah. You know, it's just—I mean, it's just at your fingertips. Yeah. There's plenty of support systems that you can get online. You can get in person. Yeah. You're not alone. A lot of us experience this. I mean, yeah, you know, we all have. Touched somebody that I'm sure can help you to Mm -hmm. reach out to. But, yeah, you've been through a lot.
1: Oh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And here you are. I know. It's
2: all good, though. So you're Um, a good example of breaking through to the other side.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of work. And every single day I'm like, wait, am I back in the wrong thing? Am I taking care of myself? What what am I I feeling right now? It's always you know, a reminder. But um, these kinds of uh, episodes really help myself. And I I know a lot of our listeners. Guys, if you're out there and maybe uh, you're experiencing this, uh, there is also a website um, for Sex Addicts Anonymous. It's saa-recovery.org. And there's a link there for the meetings uh, and their meeting centers all across America. Um, And again, if you're some of our listeners uh, around the world, I know we have in Australia in Canada. I'm sure if you Google your local um, uh, same SAA, you'll be able to find resources within
2: your uh, home. And they should have a link on there as well for spouses. Yes.
1: Yes. Please. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thank you, Eris, so much for Thanks being on so the much show. for having me. This has been so much fun. Yay. I'll come back anytime. Yes. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, socials uh, at Dr. Eris on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at Divorce Doctor spelled out fully also on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Correct. Yeah, correct. Cool. Um, guys, we're also on social uh, at Kind of Dating. So follow us and remember. Kinda Dating is presented by Meltdown Comics. Come visit us at 7522 Sunset Boulevard here in L.A. Thank you for downloading this episode. Please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes, please. And download the rest of the shows. I also love hearing your dating stories, so email it to kindadating at gmail.com. And finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. The show is produced by myself and Mason Booker, who's also the audio engineer. Our associate producer is Aisha Holden. Opening music composed by Joe Lorenzetti. And our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.